What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the channel. I'm very excited to introduce to you my guest for today, making his return here to the channel. My guest for today has the podcasting game on lock. You can catch him every single day, 24-7 on Busted Open on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Ladies and gentlemen, Dave LaGreca. Hey, Denise, Dave. Denise, how are you? I'm so excited. This is uh, the first time uh, that I've been on since you become a part of the Busted Open family. The last time I was on, I was just a fan of yours and and now you're, you know, you got the garb on, you got the swag on, you got your, you got the busted open gear on. I love it. It's, it's awesome to be back on with you. Thank you. I know it's so funny because the last time I think that we did, I think we did like some prediction show or something. And like, I would have never thought in a million years that, you know, I would be part of the team. And it, it was just so crazy how like things ended up happening. So now having you here and to like kind of pick your brain about podcasting and everything, I'm really excited, Dave, because you have really done something very special in the world of professional wrestling not only have you created the top wrestling podcast and uh you know one of the top sports podcasts as well you've also given people like myself an opportunity to be on the freaking radio like that is insane <laughs> like point blank uh you've given people really great opportunities is what i'm trying to get at well i, I think the biggest thing and, and i i talk about this all the time is that we're all part of the same community uh, pro wrestling and people who are part of the pro wrestling community always kind of look like look down upon and you know we don't get a lot of the, the credibility that we deserve and the respect that we deserve so we really all are a part of the same family so as long as you respect each other and understand that we're all on the same team uh, I, I want opportunities and equal opportunities for everyone and I want everyone to succeed because I believe that if we succeed, we all succeed. So it's very, very important to me that, you know, we're all part of the same family and same community. Yeah. So like, here's the thing you mentioned kind of succeeding and being part of like a family and everything. And it is pretty cool, but to constantly stay at the very top, Dave, number one, busted open, always on the top charts, man. How do you guys do it? How do you make sure that even after years and years, you're still at the very top of the game? Because it's almost like every single day, there's a new podcaster coming up. There's people trying and doing all of these new things, but busted open stays at the top. How do you guys do it? Well, I mean, I, Denise, it's it's obviously our team, which you are now a part of. We have a great team, you know, on the microphone and behind the scenes as well. We have a lot of people who are a part of the show that I feel that would run through a wall for this show. They just are very proud of the fact that they're a part of this brand. And it is a brand. You mentioned the podcast, but this show started really just as a show on Sirius XM. And our biggest success is on Sirius XM. You know, we're the number one sports show on Sirius XM. And I'm very proud to say that Sirius XM gives us a fantastic platform. We have a great group of supporters on Sirius XM. It wasn't always that way, but it is that way now. Um, so it really does start with our home base of Sirius XM. And our podcast is a product based on that. That really surprised me. I never was expecting the podcast to hit 
the way that it did. But we do have some exclusive content, like our master's class that drops every Sunday. And and now with you a part of our Saturday show and that going seven days a week, it's it's this brand is always getting bigger and bigger. And we bring in new pieces like you being a part over the last year, being a part of this show. That's a big reason why we get to stay where we are near the top or at the top is because we're always bringing in new people that are going to bring new ears and eyes to our product. Denise, I make no qualms about it. I told you this, and then I say it publicly all the time. I wanted you a part of this show. Why? Because you're so young, you're so energetic, you're so passionate, you're so hardworking. Anyone that's ever been around you know how how hard you work. Why would I not want a Denise a part of our team? That's just going to help us. And it, and I, I've said this to you before about that your set of eyes and the way that you watch pro wrestling is completely different than the way that I watch pro wrestling. So somebody who's listening to Busted Open who's at a certain age, they can appreciate it. And a younger generation of wrestling fans will appreciate it too because of the point of view that you bring to the show. So the reason that we stay at the top is because of everyone that's a part of our team. Man, that's awesome. And you have so many different people on. Obviously, you have Bully Ray, you have Mark Henry, you have Tommy Dreamer, you have Thunder Rosa, Mickey James. When you think about like, Every single day you're on with pretty much someone different. You got different voices. And as the lead host, it can kind of be a little bit of a challenge, right? To always have these different personalities. How do you like, um, how do you make sure that you're like working with everybody and that the chemistry is always there given the different personalities? Well, the chemistry is always going to be key. And there's going to be certain people that you have better chemistry with. But I love it. I I love the fact that I work with different people every day. I think it keeps it fresh and it keeps the perspectives fresh and the opinions fresh. My my views with Bully may be the same on a Tuesday, but then when I'm talking to Tommy Dreamer on a Thursday, I'm now talking to somebody who has a completely different opinion. And then the same thing with a Friday when it's a Thunder Rosa and a Mickey James. That just makes for, for good conversation, right? You know, it's good to talk to people that you agree with, but then it's also good conversation when you're talking to somebody that you disagree with. Plus, Mickey James is going to have a completely different perspective. Thunder Rosa is going to have a different perspective, obviously, than Mickey James does. And Tommy and Bully and Mark are going to have different opinions as well. And it's the same thing with the lead host, with myself during the week. You, Denise, different perspective on a Saturday. And then you have Jonathan Hood and, and Justin Labar now on Sundays. Um, I I actually love it. I love getting a new, new way of thinking of things, new way of looking at things. And everybody looks at it different because they're at different points in their career. And they've also taken a different road to get there too. So I like that. I like, I like talking to people and, and learning something because every single time Denise, that I'm doing the show, I'm learning from them because they're wrestlers. I don't, I don't wrestle. I don't step in the ring and perform, right? I just watch it like we all do as fans. So um, I'm always learning. So I always leave my, you know, my head open, which is difficult at times because you're going to have strong opinions. But I always leave 
a little bit of an open end so that I can learn something as well. Yeah. And like you mentioned, bringing in those different perspectives and just having everybody bring something different to the table. I think that is what keeps like every single show different. It's like, okay, you kind of know what you're going to expect when you're on with Thunder Rosa, when you're on with Bully, and it just brings something different. So I think that's something that is very key. Now, the big thing that's recently happened with Busted Open is going the full uh, seven days a week now. Uh, I don't know, like the behind the scenes of making this possible but can you kind of walk us through like what it took to make this possible and then also to be able to like reinvigorate the YouTube channel bring that to life once again and that's been soaring as well you know uh, can you talk us about talk to us about the behind the scenes and the processes of what it takes to do something like that sure there and and this is going to be in any form of business and probably anybody that's listening could possibly learn from this or understand it when i first had the idea for this show it was myself and doug mortman we had the idea it was a real fight to get the show on the air then it was a, a fight to keep it on the air and to expand it there was always people that didn't believe in me or the show there was a lot of people that objected to the show there's a lot of people that didn't want to see the show grow how do you change those people's minds well you change those people's minds by showing how popular the show could be, which I thank the, the nation for. And I'm very, very lucky that a lot of the naysayers aren't there anymore. And there are a lot of younger, fresher minds, a part of SiriusXM, which is always a good thing, that appreciate pro wrestling and appreciate this show. And I couldn't have gotten to it without them, but they, there is like a new crop of executives with Sirius XM and even an older crop that believed in the show. They understand that there's big business that could be done with busted open. And the other thing, Denise is between you and I, I don't, I don't show my appreciation as much. I don't say, Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. No, I want more. Give me more. What more can you give me? All right. You expanded us to two hours. All right, now I want a third hour. You gave us a sixth day on Saturdays. Well, now I want a seventh day on Sunday. And now, even now, I'm like, all right, you got us live seven days. That's great. Now I want us to be live 24 hours. You know, I want us to be 24-7, like it says on, on my sweatshirt. I want I want a, our own channel. So it's, I'm never, I'm very grateful. I'm very happy, but I'm never satisfied. So I'm always promoting the show, promoting our numbers, promoting the product, you know, setting goals and letting people know that we could achieve those goals. And the more we do set the goals and the more us as a team achieve those goals, then we're going to get more of what we want. My next goal is I want this brand to be 24-7. I want our own channel on SiriusXM. That's the next goal. And what would that bring, Denise? More shows for Denise. You know, um, more shows where we can bring other performers and wrestlers in. So that's that's the goal. So to answer your question, it's just never being satisfied, always being hungry, and always keeping in those people's ears that make the decisions and are, are the decision makers to make sure that those things happen. So you mentioned kind of like the naysayers and some of the hurdles that you had faced early on. Why were those hurdles there? Was it just because it was pro wrestling? Yes. Was that the was that yes. the struggle? A thousand percent, especially in the sports world, 
you're going to get a lot of people, especially the old guard, because I think there's a new guard of people, Denise, that understand the popularity of pro wrestling. Perfect example would be the WWE on Fox. Would you have ever imagined 10, 15 years ago that the WWE would be on a major network? Well, now there's decision makers that grew up probably during the Attitude Era when, when wrestling was at its hottest that believe in the world of pro wrestling. But yes, there's a lot of people that did not believe, didn't look at wrestling as being credible, thought it was a, a niche sport that not a lot of people watched. They couldn't be more wrong because now our numbers, Denise, and I say ours because you're a part of our team. Like we beat in on when it comes to Sirius XM, we beat the NFL, we beat the NHL, we beat Major League Baseball. Our numbers are second to none in the podcast. You know, we're we, you know, during the football season, our podcast is beating Tom Brady's podcast. How is that possible? It's Tom Brady, it's football season. That's the power of the brand that we have built. So yes, a lot of people didn't believe in it, but there's a lot of people, and I'll give a shout out to Marissa Rivas. I give a shout out to Eddie Brasilli. I give a shout out to a lot of those people and Andy King that always believed and always knew if we got the platform, we would be able to shine. And that's exactly what we're doing now. It's insane, though, when you mentioned, you know, beating, you know, Tom Brady's views, uh, the NFL, because when you think of like the top, top, uh, you know, sport, you think of football, you think of the NFL, like that's sort of the, the king of kings, I guess you can say when it comes to like the sporting world. So to think that like, you know, you guys are beating that it is kind of crazy. At what point did you see this like growth kind of like at what point did you guys become number one well i mean it was a grad it was gradual and when i say number one like in in the world of sirius xm we're number one as you know in the podcasting there's always an influx one day we're number one week we're number one next week we're number two but we're always you know in that in that you know near that top spot and i i give a lot of credit to a lot of these other great podcasts that are out there that do a fantastic job but i think for me it was our 10-year anniversary party in New York. We had we had a party. Um, it was our 10-year anniversary. And we had it at a sports bar that fit uh, 600 people. And uh, we had 750 people uh, show up. I'm, I'll never forget going, walking to the city and walking around the, the, the corner to where the sports bar was and seeing this long line that went all the way down, went a whole city block and, and more. And I was like, oh no, don't tell me there's like another event happening here. And it was people waiting online to get to the busted open party. That was like when I was like, oh my gosh, like, wow, we're, we're really hitting with people, you know? And then uh, at my roast, uh, we had 1200 people uh, show up to my roast. So it's, it's been gradual and I think it keeps growing, Denise. Like, you know, you know this when you do your Saturday show, you're on Saturday mornings and, you know, there's a full bank of phone callers that want to jump in on the conversation with you on a Saturday morning. And um, it, it's, it's just, it, it's, it, it's to be able to go five. I never thought we'd be able to go five days. I thought like we never be able to go more than one hour, you know, once a week. And so it's been a gradual build. It's going to be, this next WrestleMania, WrestleMania 40, will be our 15-year anniversary. But it's been 
a gradual progression. But again, Denise, I have to give all the thanks to the fans because if it wasn't for the busted open nation, man, these none of these things would have happened. Yeah, and you mentioned like the, the things that happen and some of them being like the roast. And obviously you've gotten to do so many opportunities. You've gotten to do appearances with WWE, with Impact Wrestling and so many other cool things. Uh, so there's a lot of perks that come with the job, Dave. For you, when you think about some of your personal moments that you've gotten to do like cool things, like what ranks up there as like some of the coolest stuff? Well, I mean, obviously, like I said, that 10 year anniversary party, that roast, those were fantastic. Uh, our our last year's WrestleMania party at the Whiskey A Go Go, um, that on the Sunset Strip. I mean, as a kid that grew up listening to hard rock and heavy metal, that I'm doing a show on the Sunset Strip, and I, um, we invited uh, Nita Strauss and her boyfriend Josh to be a part of it. They came, and my favorite uh, artist is Alice Cooper, and Nita's her guitar, his guitar player, and she performed at our party like that's like a wow moment um being in a ring with thunder rosa and have and watching you were there you saw that firsthand you were you're on the call for that like i mean come on like what a, who, i'm just a fan and here i am like getting speared through beer cans by thunder rosa like you know in texas and even though i'm from new jersey i grew up watching world-class championship wrestling that was always my favorite as a kid growing up so to be in Texas and be a part of a wrestling show, like those, those moments with you, Denise, doing uh, the takeover at WrestleMania in L.A. and being a part of that NXT takeover pre-show. Um, and I, I watched, you know, Shawn Michaels coming up to you, Denise, and thanking you for being a part of the show. Like those are those are amazing moments, Denise. And I know that you cherish those moments, too, because. You know, we're just fans at the end of the day and, and we're able to kind of live out our dream. It's kind of things like that, I feel. It, it's that and, you know, just seeing people's reactions that I think it's what's validating for your work. Because I'm sure, like, you know, you, you wake up every morning, you do the show, and you get callers, right? Like, that's, like, really the only uh, interactions that you have with people mm -hmm. on a daily basis. Like, that's how you know. But, of course, you don't know, like, who each and every single person is that is watching. So whenever you do go to wrestling shows uh, and you have these, like, FaceTimes with people, People, it kind of puts things into perspective like there was a bunch of people that were going up to me and saying like oh I really like you on Busted Open and I was like oh my god like I didn't even know like you were listening that's so cool like putting a visual to that it makes it more makes it feel more real well yeah and and I I hear from a lot of fans I meet them and as I like you said I'm sure you do at at events and at shows but then when you hear about that somebody says that they were in the hospital or they were dealing with a death in the family. And your show really helped me get through a very tough time in my life. Those are the, those are the times when you realize, wow, this is more than just me talking pro wrestling for a few hours with my friends. Like, you know, we're out there and people are listening and you don't know if they're having a bad day or going through a tough time. And if we can help them and entertain them, that, that means the, the world to me. And then you get to see their faces and, you know, like, you're right. I'm, when I'm, when I'm doing my show, the only faces I see are the people I'm talking to, but now you get to see those listeners uh, face to face that, that that's amazing. And then Denise, I still get a thrill from it when I watch, you know, whether it's raw or dynamite uh, 
people holding up my head or, you know, like those, look <laughs> yeah. like that's, that's insane. Like that's, that's crazy, but it's, it's not lost on me. I, I always um, take a moment, no matter how crazy it is to kind of smell the flowers a little bit and appreciate those moments as they happen. So we're talking about like moments, fans, craziness, all of that. What's been like the craziest fan interactions that you've had? I've, I've actually at, at, uh, our WrestleMania show in Dallas a couple of years back, I, I had a fan kind of break down in front of me crying and it was like, you know, and they just said, cause they listen to you every day. And she was so, she was such a big fan and she, she bursted out crying and it was just like an emotional moment. And that's just kind of like, wow, like I really, I've had that much of an effect on you. I mean, Usually it would take like a first date before somebody started crying when they were with me, uh, uh, but that would be afterward. But like, you know, like it just, it warms, it warms your heart knowing that you have that, that kind of a, effect. And, you know, it's not so much crazy, but just heartfelt. Um, but I, but I've had fans kind of follow me. I've had like my, my wife, Violetta would always, she likes to post where, where we are. If we're at a restaurant or something, she'll post like, oh, we're here. And then to see fans show up there and it's just like, that's, you know, it's, 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 it's not a bad thing. I, I never think of fan interactions as bad thing. It just, I never thought things like that would happen. Yeah. That's, oh my God. By the way, I love that she posts that stuff. I see it on Facebook all the time. Yeah. Uh, I think it's like the best way to like keep up. So like, even if you're not talking every day, it's like, oh, I saw what happened on Facebook or I'm seeing what's going on on Facebook. You know, that's pretty cool stuff. Uh, here's the thing though. So one of the things that's tripped me out is when other wrestlers tell you like, oh, I'm a fan of your work. And you're like, wait, what? No, that's not the way it's supposed to go. I'm a fan of you. So I'm curious, Dave, for you, what's been some of those interactions with the wrestlers themselves where you've had like, okay, holy shit, pinch me type of moments where you're like, this person's either a really big fan or you had like a really cool experience with, with one of the wrestlers. Um, the, the, Probably the most impactful one. It was it was one early on. This was at WrestleMania 31. Is I interviewed Bray Wyatt, and right before we started the interview, he was like, "I'm marking out right now," and I'm like, "Why?" He goes, "Oh, I'm, I'm going on busted open," and it was like, you know, <laughs> really like that was just like, what are you talking about? You know, like that's like just it's it, it, it just amazing. Um, and I've had, I've had a couple of those moments. Like you, like you said, like I said earlier, I'm a big hard rock fan, big rock fan, uh, meeting, you know, David Lee Roth, who was the singer for Van Halen. And I told our town relations person, uh, at Sirius that I want to meet David Lee Roth. So when he comes, could I, could you please introduce me? And he, and Liam Davenport, who is our town relations person at Sirius, he introduced me to David Lee Roth. He said, hey, this is Dave LaGreca. He hosts our wrestling show. And he was like, oh, yeah, bust it open. It's like, you know, you know my show? Like that, those, yeah, there's been a few. That, like I said, Nita Strauss, who's the guitarist for Alice Cooper, she listens to the show, and she's a big fan of the show. Um, Lars Fredrickson from Rancid, big fan of the show. Um, I've been very, very lucky. Uh, Snake Sabo of Skid Row, big fan of the show. And then, you know, you find out that a lot of the wrestlers, you know, Carmelo Hayes always tells me he listens to the master's class 
every Sunday because he learns from it because he's such a student of the game. Those things, you know, make me very proud and make me very happy. Man, that's freaking cool. That's very, very cool. So Dave, uh, as an interviewer myself, I've gotten very nervous for certain interviews. So I know that even in like the most experienced people, sometimes it's not even like the star, it might be a little bit of like starstruck, but it's also like the pressures of making sure that you deliver. For you, when you look back at your career, which interviews would you honestly say that you were like nervous about where you're just like, I need to do a phenomenal job? Or did you ever experience that? Yeah, I mean, I I, I do. I feel like you're always going to be a little bit nervous. That's always a good thing. You want a little bit of nerves. Um, I don't get nervous about wrestlers and stars now like that doesn't make me nervous but i get nervous when i talk about like a childhood hero or a wrestler that i grew up watching when i was a kid um you know when i interviewed like tommy wildfire rich i was nervous because that was the first wrestler i had ever seen on tv so it's like man that i that was my first memory as a fan was watching tommy rich rick flair i was a huge rick flair fan when i was a kid and we had him in studio, and it's like, you know, that's Ric Flair. And Ric Flair is another person who's a big supporter of mine, a big supporter of the show. But that was, I was a, you know, I used to pay money to watch him wrestle as a kid, and here he is in front of me. So, yeah, every time I I, I interview somebody that I grew up watching, I always get a little bit nervous. Those are definitely two of the biggest examples. Yeah, I feel like it's sometimes like something you can't fight. Like, even though you're like, I've done this before one zillion times, I know what to do, but there's always that little extra pressure. Uh, and it and it's only certain people sometimes. And like you said, for you, it's people that you grew up, you know, really watching and getting those moments to interview them. So I think that's pretty freaking uh, interesting. One, one thing that I do, and this is a little trick of the trade that I'll I'll let you in on, Denise, that I do that helps me, but also helps the person I'm interviewing. And I'll use Shawn Michaels as an example because we just had Shawn Michaels on uh, before before deadline. Um, instead of playing when we introduced him, instead of playing "Sexy Boy" because everybody plays that song, I played um, "Living After Midnight" by Judas Priest, and right away he started, you know, bobbing his head up and down, and you know, and everything else. Same thing with. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. When Stone Cold comes on, I never play the glass shattering and his and his theme song. We play we play Blackout by the Scorpions because I know he's a big Scorpions fan and that's one of his favorite songs. So when we first played that for him, he was like, and it was in studio. He was like, wow. And then and he was like bobbing his head. So that now I've got them in a comfort zone and they're already they're kind of like a little bit off their game because they're like, all right, I'm digging this. And that makes me more comfortable when I interview them because I'm seeing that human side of the performer and not like the person that I, I grew up watching on TV. Yes, it kind of breaks that like yes. wall now where it's like, okay, Absolutely. we're both humans. We're both super chill. Let's get yeah. to know each other on a deeper level. Yep, and like I do that when I interview people too. I never... Like if you if there's gonna be tough questions, I never go. All right, here's the tough question. I I never ever do that. I make them feel comfortable. 
I joke around with them a little bit. I that's a big thing too. I like to to goof around and joke around and get them in a good mood and then just have them enjoy themselves and that they're having fun. And then if they feel comfortable enough, it's much easier to ask that tough question because now they feel comfortable with you. If you go right in and ask a tough question, they're going to put their guard up and they're not going to have a good time. So, and, and you know what? It's, it's kind of like, I'm fine with making fun of myself. I just made the joke about, you know, going out with somebody on the first date and they're probably going to cry because they had an awful time, you know, because that's going out with LaGreca. You're going to be wind up crying at the end of the night because you wasted your night hanging out with me. I'm fine with making fun of myself because if you can't make fun of yourself, then, you know, you got to in this business, Denise, and you notice you got to have thick skin and you got to have confidence. So if you have thick skin and you have confidence, you can you can make fun of yourself so much easier. So. So speaking of the tough questions, Dave, have you ever gotten heat for something that you said on a podcast? Like either with a wrestler, uh, you don't have to give us details if you don't if you don't want to because I get it, I get it. But because it's something like opinionated, you're literally every single day going on and giving your opinion. And obviously, not everything's going to be you know stars and rainbows. There's going to be some opinions that maybe ruffle a little feathers. I, I definitely have. It's def- <laughs> it's definitely happening right now. Recently, with some people, oh, no. but um, how do but- you deal with that? You, you, you can't, um, you can't stop being who you are. Like you have to, I know that I'm being respectful, number one. And I also know that it's constructive criticism. I never just bash somebody just to do it. There's always, I I try to be respectful and I try to make the criticism constructive, but it's also opinionated radio. So people are going to hear it and they're going to get upset. And I'll tell you a story. And this happened years ago. Sting, you know, this is going back. Oh, gosh, it's got to be 10 years ago. Uh, Sting was in a story where he was wrestling for the TNA World Championship. And he was in a story with Bobby Roode. And I said on the air that, I felt at this point in his career that Sting shouldn't be going after the TNA championship, that it should be going out, going up with to somebody like that younger generation that was being filtered into TNA. Then I had the opportunity to interview Sting face to face, and he pretty much just no sold all my questions. And I could tell it was because he was upset at the comments that I made about it which is fine. Like, listen, here it is in 2023 and Sting, you know, is, is about to retire, but he's had some amazing moments over the last year and a half that he's a part, been a part of AEW. But that was just my opinion. Listen, Denise, my opinions could be wrong. And you know what? If I'm wrong about something, I will be the first person to call myself out about it. So, um, I don't think there's ever been like major heat where somebody said, well, that's not true. <laughs> but, but, but um, I feel confident that when I do speak on the air, that it is coming from the heart, it's constructive and, and it's, it's opinion based. I can't 
not make opinions because then why would anybody want to listen? And I have the wrestlers. There's a line, Denise, that I will not cross. There's certain verbiage that a lot of people feel comfortable saying that I won't, I won't say because I don't feel it's my place to use certain terminology because that should be used by the professionals that get in the ring and not by me as a fan. So there's a certain line I won't cross, but I will give my opinion and my take as a fan. And I have the wrestlers. That's why that dynamic really works. I have the wrestlers that will disagree me and give me their point of view. I am not, Denise, and I say this with no disrespect, I am not a Dave Meltzer. I am not a quote-unquote wrestling journalist. That's not what I do. I am a talk show host and a fan. So I'm giving the perspective as a fan, and then Bully, Mark, Tommy, Mickey, Thunder, they give the perspective of the actual wrestler. But if I butt heads with them, or that's part of the dynamic that I think works on the show. No, and I 100% get that. And I feel like sometimes, and this is something that I feel has come up even more so now, is that, because you mentioned right now, like, you know, you're not a Dave Meltzer. He's the one that's, you know, going out there, breaking news and all of these stories, right? And, and Denise, you're very close with Sean Ross Sapp. I love Sean Ross Sapp. He doesn't return any of my text messages or phone calls, but I, but I, but I respect Sean Ross Sapp. And he's one of the reasons why you're a part of this show, because, you you do those shows together on YouTube. I, I used to watch and listen all the time. Great chemistry, great dynamic. But Sean Ross Sapp is somebody that, hey, he reports the news. He he grabs the headline. He he's trying to uncover things and 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 report on those things. That's not that's not what I do. There's a place for that, obviously, extremely popular, but that's not that's not something that I do or want to do. Right. And that's exactly what I'm trying to get at, because I feel like nowadays, a lot of people can't tell the difference between a journalist, a reporter, a content creator, a podcaster, you know, all of these. And I know sometimes the lines get a little bit blurred, but I do feel like that is something that sometimes a lot of people really can't tell the difference or distinguish the two, you know. And so with that, you know, there's going to come some, um, you know, some even some heat from the fans and from people. People that, uh, you know, depending on whatever it is that you say on a podcast or something, for example. Uh, a year ago, I, I was getting heat from fans saying that they felt like I was on AEW's payroll because I was very complimentary of <laughs> AEW and I was really enjoying Dynamite. And, I, and it was my favorite show of the week. The tide has kind of turned and I'm really enjoying the WWE product right now. And I'm probably a lot more critical about AEW. So now I have people saying that I turned my back on AEW and I'm no longer a fan. No, I'm just giving my opinion of what I'm watching. I don't get paid by WWE. I don't get paid by AEW. Uh, I get paid by SiriusXM. That's who, that's who you know, signs my paycheck. So I am just reacting to the things that I'm seeing. I don't play favorites. Uh, I, and I know, Denise, probably for you, too, you do start to get relationships with certain people and you make friends with people. But I've never let that blind me as far as what I'm saying or what I'm talking about on the air. 
Oh, of course, because I feel like the key thing to podcasting podcasting is authenticity. Because if you're authentic in your opinions, I know there's going to be people that are like, oh, that person's an AEW show, a WWE show, whatever it is, right? Um, but if you're authentic, I think people that uh, have a good head on their shoulders are going to see that and are going to connect with that. And that's part of the longevity of why Busted Open has lasted for so long, right, is due to the authenticity of, you know, the host, including obviously yourself. So it, it goes to show. But I do think that is something that I think everybody that's in podcasting or whatever it is that people are doing in any sort of space when it comes to content creation and pro wrestling, I think a lot of people are getting that where it's like, oh, you're an AEW show, you're a WWE show. And you're like, wait, what? What are we doing here? Like, is what's happening? And I'm okay with, I'm, you know what, Denise? It, it doesn't, and I'm not just saying this for the sake of saying it. I It really doesn't bother me. I'm not bothered by it because I know what it was like to be a passionate fan. I, I'll say this, that when I was a big NWA fan, when I was a kid, I wasn't a big WWF fan. I was a big NWA fan. I wrote a letter to Ricky Steamboat when he left the NWA to go wrestle for the WWF. Like, what are you doing? How could you do this? You know? And, and he, I actually got a response. I got a response decades later but i he actually i do have a a handwritten letter from ricky steamboat responding to my letter um so i understand you know when you really love a show and you're very passionate about it whether it's the wwe or aew where it's like all right aew is my favorite they could do no wrong i love aew I, I understand where they're coming from. I as I get older, I don't I don't agree with it. I don't understand why, you know, as part of a fan, just like a sports fan, you know, your partner Sean Ross Sapp's a Bengals fan. Not every game's gonna be a good game. Not every not every performance is gonna be a good performance. It's okay to be critical. And I feel like the tribalism needs to stop. But at the same time, I don't let it bother me when people say that because I understand that it's coming from them being just diehard passionate fans. Right, right. And do, how do you handle like the criticism? Like, especially because sometimes, you know, it, it's the internet, right? People are going to come at you and they're going to attack you in ways where you're like, really, you had to go there. Like people go a certain direction, sometimes take it a little too far, right? Do you just like, eh, are you like so over that? Like you're used to that? Uh, you know, obviously you've been doing this way longer than I have, but are you used to that already? Or yeah, I mean, I, the, the criticism doesn't bother me. The only time where I'll actually like block somebody is if if it does get personal and and they're they're talking about something that doesn't involve like the actual on air product or a take that I had. If somebody's getting personal, then 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 they're just hating for the sake of hating and they're trying to get under your skin. So I just block that person. But as far as the criticism, listen, I, I was actually talking about this on Busted Open with Tommy. Like there's sometimes I I'll get criticism and I'll be like, you know what? They make a good point. Or, you know what? Maybe I need to be a, a little better at that. Or, Hey, maybe that's something I need to work on. So some of that could actually be beneficial and could actually help you. So um, it does, it doesn't bother me nearly as much as it used to. Um, but that's going to happen. Denise, you notice as you get bigger, if everybody loves you and everybody agrees with you, 
either have too small of a fan base or or there's something you're doing something wrong there's it, you, you're always going to have people that are going to disagree with your take and disagree with your opinion. Or, you know what, Denise? Just not like you. Not everyone's going to like you, right? So, uh, yeah, it doesn't bother me. near Not nearly as much as it used to. Yeah, well, that's good to hear because I feel like as I continue in this business every year, it's like less and less where I'm like, ah, used to it, whatever, moving on from this, you know? And so it's good to hear that. It gives me hope. And, and you know what, Denise? A lot of those people that are saying that, are the same people that made the last comment and the comment before that. So a lot of it is the same people just talking. So yeah, you can't, you can't let it bother you. No, you definitely cannot. All right. So um, I do want to take a second and kind of talk a little bit about the 2023 year in pro wrestling, because this has been like a massive freaking year. Uh, and one of those things that I want to get into is for you, like when you think of like just the best moments, the best TV shows, best matches for 2023, what are like the things that like you instantly think of? Uh, NXT, I think, has improved so much uh, this past year. I was extremely critical of NXT 2.0. I didn't like it. You know, after going from black and gold, I was like, what are you doing? I thought it was, I thought it was too much, too, just, just completely different than what I loved about the NXT black and gold brand. But this past year has been a great one for them. Um, the storytelling uh, is second to none. So NXT is 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 a big hit with me. One of my favorite shows, uh, week in and week out. Impact Wrestling, another one that I feel like has improved so much over 2023. But the biggest one, without a doubt, without a doubt, has been Raw. Like Raw to me, a couple of years ago was almost unwatchable. Like it, I would fall asleep during that show. It was a, it was hard to keep my eyes open for three hours. For that show now the show will end and i'll be like it's 11 o'clock already like i i can't believe that it's over that show has improved to being almost an unwatchable pro wrestling show or sports entertainment show to being something now that well i gives us plenty to talk about on a tuesday morning on busted open so those are probably the three shows more than any that I feel like have been the best consistent shows in 2023. That's awesome. Um, and here's the thing. We're going into this brand new year, 2024. It's going to be huge. It's going to be awesome. And February 10th, we need to talk about that date because you have a very special show, uh, LaGreca's Laminated List, February 10th. Tell us about that. How did that come about and what can people expect? Yeah, um, I had somebody uh, from Live Nation reach out to me and said that, have I ever done a live show? And I said, yeah, busted open, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, no, no, you. Have you ever done a show? And I said, no. And they were like, why not? Why haven't you? And I said, well, because I'm so focused and concentrated on the busted open brand. And But busted open is a... SX, uh, Sirius XM property. It's not, I don't own Busted Open anymore. I mean, it was my creation, but intellectual property is with Sirius XM. So they were like, we'd love to do a show with you, kind of like what we've done with Bruce Pritchard and Jim Ross. And Denise, I got to be honest with you, I never even thought of 
doing something like that, you know? So I was like, okay. And um, February 10th to date, tickets went on sale on uh, uh, early on uh, Thursday, uh, Thursday morning. And um, yeah, I'm doing my own, kind. Uh, you know, I've never, I've always had like busted open or serious XM kind of like behind me, but this is kind of like my own thing. And uh, yeah, I listen, Busted Open is still Busted Open. So my guests are going to reflect the show because those are the people I know. So um, on February 10th, Mark Henry is going to be a guest. Uh, Bully Ray is going to be a guest. Tommy Dreamer is going to be a guest. Uh, Tasha Steeles is going to be a guest. And there's going to be some more surprises and guests as we get closer. But uh, yeah, tickets are on sale right now. Go to Ticketmaster.com. Uh, it's at the Gramercy Theater where Denise, you know, living so close to Manhattan, I've seen a ton of concerts at the Gramercy Theater. And I actually was at Bruce Pritchard's show and Jim Ross's show at the Gramercy Theater. So this is kind of like one of those bucket list type of things. So, uh, yeah, if anybody that's listening that wants to be a part of it, go to Ticketmaster.com and come. It's going to be it's going to be a great show. I promise you, you're going to have a, 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 a hell of a time. No doubt. I'm going to post the links to that in the description box below. So you guys can get all of that information. Now, before we wrap up this interview, Dave, uh, I want to play a little game with you and okay. it's never have I ever. Now I chose some silly ones, some, some interesting ones, maybe put you on the spot a little bit. We'll see. Uh, but it's 10 questions. So you just got a hold of the 10 fingers. And if you've done it, you can put the finger down. And if you want to share any additional information, you are more than welcome to. If not, I'll skip on to the next question. Wait, so do you want me to put the 10 up? Like if I... Yeah, so, we, so we're going to have 10 questions, right? Okay. So if you've done one, you put the finger down. That means you actually did it. And then if okay. you didn't, then you just we just keep going. Okay. All right. All right. Let's do this. Here we go. Fingers up, Dave. <laughs> Ten up. Question. Can you see my fingers? Hey, hold on. Yeah, we can see them. We can okay. see them. <laughs> Question number one. Never have I ever gotten seriously hungover. <laughs> do you want to share any additional details or should I skip on to the next question? All right, Denise, I, uh, there was one night I went to Cafe Wa in New York City. Um, that's where Jimi Hendrix was discovered. And I had a lot to drink. I had, this is the, the, during the age of before cell phones. And it was, you know, during the age of pay phones, I was smoking a cigar. I go to the pay phone to make a phone call. Next thing I know, um, my jacket is on fire because I was so drunk that I put the cigar I was smoking in the pocket of my jacket. Let's no. just say, let's just say, uh, the next morning. Oh no. Yeah. So, so my if you've ever God. had too much to drink, don't smoke a cigar. And if you're smoking a cigar, put the cigar out before you put it back in your jacket. Did you get burned? No, no. Luckily, I was okay. fine. It wasn't like I was engulfed in flames, but smoke was coming out of my jacket. And somebody actually said, "Your jacket's, uh, you know, you're on fire." So like, it wasn't like I was engulfed in flames. But yeah, there was there was actual smoke coming out of my jacket. It was a smoking jacket. Oh my know? god! There you go, smoking you jacket. Go. You're smoking, Dave Lagreca. Uh, 
Question number two, never have I ever fallen asleep in public. Yeah, I've, def I've definitely fallen asleep in public. Okay, so you're down two now. You're down two because you've okay, done so two. Okay, I'm down yes. two. Okay, here we yes. go. Number three, never have I ever pranked someone. Oh, okay. Are you a prankster, Dave? Do you do this often? Yeah, I mean, I, you should know that by now, Denise. Wait till WrestleMania 40. If Cody oh, Rhodes no. doesn't beat Roman Reigns, you'll see, you'll see what kind of prankster I am. Oh, okay. Question number four. Never have I ever seen a ghost. I've never seen a ghost. Oh, okay. Question number five. Never have I ever gotten a speeding ticket. Oh, Dave. Did it hurt? Did they ask for a lot of money? Yeah, I can imagine it. <laughs> Question number six. Never have I ever gotten into a physical fight. Oh, when was this? Was this a long time ago? Um, oh yeah, it's been, okay. it, it was a long time ago. It's it, the world's very different now, but like growing up where I grew up, you, some once in a while you had to, you had to make a fist and throw it. So yes, I've definitely been in a physical fight before. Yes. Like CM Punk said, it's 2023. Just can't go around punching people. That's insane. You could get yourself fired. Denise. <laughs> get yourself fired. Well, you know what? Maybe you'll find a better job anyway. So there you go. <laughs> Question number seven. Never have I ever cheated on a test. I've definitely cheated on a test. Question number eight. Never have I ever stolen anything. I've never stolen anything. All right. Question number nine. Never have I ever lied on a first date. Oh, that one was quick. Did you have a go-to lie? Did you lie about like your job or something? Would you lie yeah, about? Yeah, probably. Maybe not, not a, an out and out lie, but maybe a little bit of a fib. Or yeah. an over-exaggeration. We'll yeah. Say. Okay. <laughs> I feel like guys do that. Guys do that on first days. They like oversell themselves. You know? Yeah, I, I guess we try to make ourselves a lot better than what we really are. I and would never do that now. Plus, I never have to worry about that anyway. Yeah, so. of course. Of course. Last question. Never have I ever auditioned for a reality television show. Oh, what I show? Have. True Life. Which one's MTV's, that one? MTV's True Life. When they had, it was... um. The uh, show was um, like really hardcore sports fans. So oh. I did, I have auditioned for a reality show before. So, okay. Yeah. So there's just the two fingers left. Not bad. Please. You did eight out of 10. That's not bad at all. Well, you I don't know. know. Is, is 10 out of 10 good? I don't know. Some of those questions. I would feel kind of lame if I didn't put my fingers down for anything. So let me ask you, Denise, having those same questions, how many fingers would you still have up? Um, I would have up the only one I have, I have never gotten a speeding ticket. Um, that's it. I would have, I would only have one finger up. Okay. So, wow. Wow. <laughs> And you know what? Not never having the speeding ticket. That's really good. Yeah, I'm very that proud is, of that. That is great. Never having a speeding ticket. No, I got pulled over one time because I switched lanes without turning on my signal. And I cried when they pulled me over. <laughs> I started crying. I was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to. And so I was okay. I've never gotten a ticket ever in my life. Thank God. Wait, so, Denise, uh, so you got into a physical fight with somebody? When I was a kid, yeah, okay. I fought a lot. Right. I used to fight a lot in school. Yeah. Okay. 
I don't know why. It was just like a thing. I used to fight at home. I used to fight with the neighbors. I was just always throwing down. You know, Denise, and I guess you could use this not as a lie, but as an over-exaggeration. But like um, when I when I went on my first date with my wife, Violetta, we met in a town called Ridgewood, New Jersey, and we had coffee. And I said, oh, let's go for a walk. And I said, oh, there's a bookstore. Do you like to read? She goes, yeah, I love to read. Oh, let's go into the bookstore. And they had Chris Jericho's new book. And um, I mentioned, I was mentioned in the book. So I just so happened to like, you know, like page through it and show that I was mentioned. Like that's maybe not a lie, but that like, it was kind of a lie because I knew the book was in the bookstore and I kind of lied to get there. My wife is right here, right? So she's right. I mean, it worked because she married me. So, right? It worked. I think that's just you showing, uh, you know, proving yourself. I think it's that. Right. I wouldn't see that as a lie. Violetta. Violetta. Oh, she's pretending like she doesn't hear me. She won't she's come. <laughs> but, I, but, I, but, I, but I did kind of over-exaggerate a little bit to get a little bit of a recognition that I probably didn't deserve. But yeah. Hey, man, if you're in a book, I would make sure to show that on a first date for sure, or at least casually drop it in the conversation. But I just like the way I set it up, I look back on it now and it's so embarrassing, but it worked. I got a second date. Hey, you got to do what you got to do, man. That's right. It's tough out there. Love is a battlefield. When you got a lot of shortcomings like I do, you gotta like, you gotta work what you do have for, uh, to your advantage, you know? So it's working out for you. You lived happily ever after. that she, She's the best. She's such a big supporter and she's not a wrestling fan at all. So this was definitely a new world for her. Oh, I can imagine. I can imagine. Um, well, Dave, I want to thank you so much for seriously taking the time to do this interview with me. It was so cool just to sit here and chat about, you know, everything so i seriously want to thank you for doing that and the last thing just let the people know where they can follow you where they could us uh, obviously watch busted open youtube all of this stuff yeah thank you denise i appreciate that we're now live seven days a week busted open is monday through sunday 9 a.m to noon eastern time uh denise uh, a part of our saturday show doing a fantastic job that's on sirius xm fight nation also, we have the Busted Open podcast, so make sure you subscribe to the podcast. You get exclusive content that you don't get um, on the SiriusXM show, including our master's class. Also, uh, we're now on YouTube, so go to YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube page, hit the notification button so you get alerted of all our new podcasts and videos, and uh, go to podswag.com slash Open for all the uh, Busted Open merchandise. And as you said before, Denise, I'm going to have my show February 10th at the Gramercy Theater. So go to Ticketmaster.com for tickets. I'm going to have all of the links to that in the description box below, guys. I make it really easy for you guys to find anything that you're interested in. And other than that, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to this interview, whether you watched on YouTube or listened to the audio version of it. I really appreciate it. We really appreciate it. And do not forget to subscribe to the channel or follow the podcast feed. And we'll catch you guys on the next one. Thank you, everyone.